Warning, this show may contain adult content, language, and humor and is intended for mature audiences. If that's not you, please stop listening now. Nothing you hear on Sex and Science Hour is intended as medical advice, financial advice, legal advice, therapy, or really anything other than entertainment. Please take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Oh, and if you're hearing us on an affiliate network, the ideas and views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the network you're listening on or of any sponsors or affiliate products you might hear about on the show. Now that all that's out of the way, let's start the show. This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. Hey, it's Sex and Science Hour. And, uh, woo! Woo! woo. <laughs> Whoa, I heard a third woo. I did too. Yeah, what is this? That's because we do have a special guest in the studio. Now, this is really rare for Sex and Science Hour. We usually don't have guests on. Unless, the rule is, unless it's a friend who's actually over at the studio, who's over at the studio visiting us. And in this case, we do have a friend over. And it's Paige. Hi, Greetings. Paige. Hello, Greetings, everyone. Earthlings. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, humanoids. <laughs> yep. Welcome to the show, Paige. Um, we're gonna do we're gonna do the show like a little bit backwards. We're gonna like introduce ourselves and like say who we are in like the last segment. And in the first segment, I think we'll just get into like a normal show content because I've got a great article to start out with. Are you guys ready for this? Well, I, I just want to start off, you know, that I want people to understand if they hear odd noises. That Paige and I are actually wrestling over the second microphone. We yeah. don't have a third microphone. She knows jujitsu. Yeah, she's she's gonna take me. I know. Whereas it. you so know, if you hear like a thump or like a uh, then that means Brian and I are probably going at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's getting physical. So <laughs> just in case anybody's wondering, all right, let's go with the story. All right, <laughs> into bondage. It could be because of your cat. Whoa, study wait. finds. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. We just got to okay. All right, go. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, so a new study has come out and it alleges that if you have a cat, you might be infected with toxoplasmosis, which is a parasite that cats carry and distribute. And toxoplasmosis is a parasite that infects the brain and it is known to cause changes in behavior. For example, some people think it causes schizophrenia. There's like associations with all these different things. Um, some people think there's this thing about like, if you have a lot of cats, you have increased likelihood to have toxo and it somehow gets in your brain and makes you like actually love cats. So it like turns you into a cat lady and then you perpetuate the, the infection. Well, now this perpetuates a lot. Actually, Paige earlier was explaining to me how exactly this works. Uh, Paige, if you're open to it, like, would you explain the whole rat thing to yeah. me? Yeah. So uh, apparently um, kind of the life cycle of toxoplasmosis starts in a cat, but, um, you know, generally exits through excrements and will find its way into a rat or another rodent. And to complete its life cycle, the uh, parasite alters the uh, rat or mouse's brain and makes it attracted to the smell of cat urine. So therefore it goes to a cat, gets eaten by a cat and completes its life cycle. Oh, so, so it actually what it might be doing is in terms of um, like with humans, maybe it's just 
I think a theory is, is that it's making them less grossed out by like cat mm-hmm. smells. By things what? that should disgust you yeah. normally. Yeah. <laughs> so if you like have a lot of cats around, you probably have a lot of cat piss around. So <laughs> Which doesn't isn't exactly known for smelling like roses, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well that makes actually a ton of sense. And if it's like if it's actually living and perpetuating its life cycle by co-opting the brains of rodents, it's not that out of the out of this world to think that it might do something to human brain circuitry too. But of course, we are different than rodents, and so what does it do to us? Well, it might make us kinky. <laughs> <laughs> So this is kind of a sensationalist article. I really doubt this is what the original study says, but it's funny and it's good nonetheless. So it's this is from the Independent UK by Rachel Hosey. I think we've read her articles. Before. Oh, they're they're great at sensationalism. Yeah, so, they are. Yeah, take Definitely. it for what it is. But I think let's actually roll. she was the one who she must be a kinkster herself because she was the one who wrote the thing about the um the increase in cuckolding on the rise that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> are you telling me that there's some kind of bias here with a headline like you know uh, cats get you or Toxoplasmosis gets you into BDSM. I mean, you're going to be kidding. (laughs) So she says, you may have thought that the worst a pet cat can do to you is leave you scratched and covered in fur. But you might like that, actually, if you were kinky enough. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what it says. <laughs> you might have thought that the worst a pet cat can do to you is leave you scratched and covered in fur. But according to new research, your cat could be having a much more serious effect on you without you even realizing it. Owning a cat could be having an impact on your sexual behavior patterns. And specifically, it could make you likely to be aroused by sadomasochism, a new study published in the Journal of Evolutionary Psychology revealed. The reason is that a common brain parasite from cats, Toxoplasma gondii, which causes toxoplasmosis, is linked to sexual arousal by fear, violence, and danger in humans. Around a third of the world's population are infected with this parasite, and transmission from pet cats through their feces is one of the most common causes. The study of 36,000 people in Slovakia and the Czech Republic, those kinky motherfuckers over there, (laughs) both those infected with toxoplasma and those who are parasite-free, found that, quote, infected subjects are more often aroused by their own fear, danger, and sexual submission. Now, how did they test this? Did they have someone with a paddle in the laboratory and a little flogger saying, okay, does this, one to 10, does this turn you on? (laughs) I I don't, how would you, how would that work? Like, like, do they ever really do that? I would guess. You as a scientist. I I would guess it's self-reported. So they can't, they don't really like do sexual things to be able to test. That's not exactly ethical. You can't really consign a consent form for that, but they can ask questions about people and have them self-report and self-reporting is notoriously biased, you know, like it, people are not the most reliable sources of information about themselves. So, you know, self-reporting always has biases, but maybe if they're comparing two groups of people and they're both self-reporting, then maybe they can at least get like a little bit of a difference between them. I don't know. Um, I haven't read the actual uh, original study, but neither have the authors of this article, probably, <laughs> apparently. So they never actually read the real news. study. No, they just they take a study that has like probably a boring academic title and then they twist it around into like, guess what? Suddenly all men are cucks and they want to share their girlfriends or, you know, suddenly like parasites are making you into kink. So anyway, <laughs> it's all it's all completely sensationalized. I think we're in the lo- wrong line of work, Brian. Like maybe we should just troll through these boring academic journals and start making like these clickbaity science headlines out of them. What do yeah, you think? Just like should find we start the, a little blog like that. Yeah, find find like one line that yep. just sounds nuts. Yeah, you know, and say no, this study says it, and like and just make up a whole bunch of shit around it based upon your own personal biases. And I think 
Yeah, I think you've got a winning recipe because yeah. really, I think just, we should do that. Yeah, yeah, all right. Why not even do a spinoff of Sex and Science Hour and make it a podcast? Yes, <laughs> that's a good page. You're hired. This is a great idea. <laughs> We're bringing on another producer, folks. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> what's more, the researchers discovered that people with toxoplasma have quote a higher attraction to bondage, violence, and in men masochism and raping so not only does this thing make you kinky it makes you rapey as well yeah i know everybody's speechless i like that you know it's so weird like i guess i could buy that parasites can hijack brain pathways to make you do certain behaviors but a complex behavior like that like sexual attraction well i mean it's just like it's not like it's in the driver's seat and it's controlling what you do you still have an element of like free will and choice right like you can choose to do things or not i mean i guess i could kind of see like Paige is describing earlier how it makes rats like less uh less or it attracts them to you know to cat urine yeah it makes them less grossed out right so maybe this gets you into water sports or something you know (laughs) Well, a lot of people's cats are into water sports, like non-consensually without, they just pee on them, right? Well, I mean, I guess there's, I feel like I've heard so many different things about toxoplasmosis, like different things that it can affect you. So one of the biggest things I've heard is that it makes, um, I have personally heard that it, it affects males, but perhaps it affects everyone like becoming more risky or just like taking chances. So um, like risk taking behavior, yeah, like riding so, a motorcycle or exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I, I don't really know, like I haven't done research into it, but now I you, have heard a, a variety of things that could be that I've been told that are linked to toxoplasmosis. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that people love to hand wave and say like, Oh, well toxo makes you do this. Yeah. It's probably just like, because it involves cats and everyone has cats and everyone likes to talk about cats. Mm -hmm. Then it's like kind of like a fad to link some behavior. And it's hard to rebut too, because it's like, there's no real symptoms of toxoplasmosis unless you have a severe deficiency in your immune system. It doesn't really do anything obvious except perhaps make you kinky and risk-taking. So <laughs> it's easy to say, oh, yeah, that person must have it. So, but, but Paige, you are a motorcycle rider yourself, and you have been called a cat woman, haven't you? Yeah. I, well, I was on your a, motorcycle. I was a motorcycle rider, yeah. <laughs> you were? What happened? Uh, Did you get cured of your toxo? Uh, no, someone cut me off. Oh, shit. My motorcycle was no more. Oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually, I want to touch on this because I... For some reason, I'm feeling like in media, there is a lot of unconscious, like, uh, examples of this on display. Like, so examples bats. of what? Okay. Yeah. So bats, you yeah. know, speaking of Catwoman, this, I never thought about this, but like bats are effectively flying rats. So like if toxoplasmosis, yes. you know, affected mm. that, right? Like there's a thing now, now I'm, I'm, I'm taking this in a different direction in that in entertainment, I mean, it's almost organically. And I, I don't mean that as a pun organically, like in the characters of Batman and Catwoman, you know, like they just got it on. I mean, it, and it it wasn't like there were uh, there weren't other female characters, you know, to kind of go for. It just kind of happened. And so, like, I'm sort of wondering if there isn't something, you know, a little little organic. Do or, they naturally or, go together? Yeah. Or, I mean, like, suddenly it kind of makes sense. It's like, wait a second. Why is Batman so entranced by this, you know, this criminal that is against everything he kind of stands for? And she it's like, well, he can't with help a parasite. it. Right? Yeah. Toxoplasmosis. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, it's this the is part of the everything. underlying sexuality that is within Batman, which I talk about all the time. But also, also, just look at the internet. I mean, it's just loaded with these fucking pictures. I think I 
I wonder. Like there are, I think there are some actual some uh, some loaded with cat pictures. You mean? Yeah, I mean it, it's yeah, what everybody I, wants. I agree. It, yes, it, it's a meme now. It's a meme of itself. It's a meme of a meme. It's very meta. But I, I <laughs> it's a meta meme. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I wonder if it's not somehow showing off just uh, you know unconsciously with a lot of people that hey there you know there's some, really something to this. But anyway, that's enough for me. Well, that's an interesting literary analysis of it, Brian. But I have another direction I want to talk about on this. Do you guys think this is kink shaming? Do you think this is saying that, like, if if you're kinky, there must be something wrong with you? You must have a parasite in your brain that's making you do this because no rational, healthy person would be kinky on their own? I didn't necessarily take that from it. Okay. Um, I just, uh, maybe because of my having heard before about other situations with toxoplasmosis and, like, other side effects of having it. Um, maybe like in the back of my head, I linked the, you know, the risk taking story that I've heard previously with the kinky story. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that people who are kinky are more apt to do risky behaviors as well. Yeah. I would kind of, I guess I would kind of like go there in my mind without really thinking about it too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. To to me, something about this just seems like, first of all, they're saying, OK, well, the symptoms of toxoplasmosis could, could be these behaviors, um, rapiness and kink and violence. Right. And so they're right off the bat. They're associating those things together with each other when they're not necessarily the same thing. Like, actually, a lot of people who practice kink and I mean, I'm not one of them, but like I know the I'm familiar with it. And I know that a lot of people who practice kink are very like risk aware there's even this acronym rack risk aware consensual kink it's like they know the risks they know exactly what they're doing they're not being reckless by engaging in kink they're just doing something that they like and they would say that it's not because they're sick in any way it's not because they're fucked up it's not because they have a parasite it's just because that that's how they are right and that's what they enjoy and why are we picking apart why they like what they like right yeah i would i i think that i i wouldn't see this as like um particularly as a like kink shaming mm-hmm. like i could see it having that aspect i really just think it's a sensational story like it, yeah, it just sounds I think you're wild. probably right but, i should not like read too much into it but, but that doesn't <laughs> right but that doesn't mean that i think a bunch of conservatives wouldn't use this story and say see it's not natural for you to be into like all this sexy shit you know and, and all that and and, and they're going to use it to kind of bolster their claims well it is natural if it's caused by a natural parasite right? well right i mean you, you know you, yeah, but of course they're thinking God. So yeah. uh, I mean, <laughs> so yeah, I, I could see it getting used in that way, but I definitely don't think that was its initial intent. Right. Yeah, I, I also it you you know you talking about uh, kink and the risk uh, correlation. There is regarding motorcycles when you're kind of learning how to ride, they kind of um, try to imprint this vision of that. Yes, riding a motorcycle is risky. But you kind of have to, like, add up the amount of risk that you're taking for each thing. So it's all, I think, all very intertwined. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it is, but does do cats explain the popularity of Fifty Shades of Grey? I guess we will. <laughs> I guess we'll have to ponder that. Fifty Shades of Garfield. Fifty Shades of Garfield. <laughs> I love that. You know, I, I always thought somebody should make a wine company called Fifty Shades of Grapes. <laughs> That was a terrible joke. All right, there's more coming up here on Sex and Science. I'm just going to dance awkwardly during the rest of the music. That works. So, we're in the break now. Um, 
tomorrow, we're going to be recording another podcast, which we hope will also feature Paige. And it's going to be Sovereign Tech, which is, yeah, you can say something, Paige, if you want. Hello. (laughs) Give us a little meow. Oh, that was really good. That That was really good. So if that's not enough of a promo for you, I don't know what it is. But tomorrow, um, there will be Sovereign Tech coming out. And what is Sovereign Tech, Brian? Of course, Sovereign Tech is a show all about science and technology and ethics and really how it can all help set you free. Uh, I'm calling it recently, I'm calling it high impact tech news because I think it's got a lot of energy. Is that like high impact aerobics? No, you have to be a little bit careful when you practice it. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You, You definitely, you know. You don't want to be like relaxing back in the chair listening to Sovereign Tech because uh, you won't be relaxing much, in my opinion. <laughs> and so, you don't relax much when you record it. And where can people find it? Of course, at SovereignTech.com. Wow, perfect timing. That was so good. <laughs> I think Paige was going to say something at the end. There. What, what are you going to say, gonna say, Paige? Paige? Did you just say it. it now? I was going to say that I work out to Sovereign Tech because it's so like wow. energizing. Oh my gosh. Can you get a better compliment than that, <laughs> yeah. folks? If you've never listened to the show, what the hell are you doing? Get, get listening to <laughs> That's it. That's a really good endorsement, I have to say. So, um, we are now in the science segment. And, you know, I get the, I'm playing this show kind of fast and loose because, you know, I was like, OK, we're going to have three people talking. It's going to be like three people talking is a lot. So I'm not going to bring in like super tons of articles to share. But this one got sent in this week by our producer, MK. And we we all know and love MK. She's awesome. Hey, so, MK. <laughs> hey, MK. Shout out. Oh, my God. We're doing shout outs now. This is like the radio no, no. But it's you got to okay. be somebody really special for that. Though. Yeah, we'll make an exception for MK. But um, anyway. <laughs> So producer MK sent me this article this week. This is very interesting. So from Vice um, by Sarah Haygai, female fish grow bigger brains to outsmart horny males, researchers say. (laughs) Now, right on this face, like I saw the headline and I was like, are you sure they're not talking about people? Because they always are when they're talking about animal studies. They're always trying to extrapolate the findings to humans, right? Um, do you guys think that? Oh yeah, I mean, there's anthropomorphizing, but that that goes both ways. Like, mm-hmm. I also think humans put like ideas like marriage onto animals when maybe oh, they, totally. they have no concept of that. They can't. Yeah, they uh, do. So yeah, that 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 I agree that does happen, but it happens both ways. Yep, absolutely. Um, Paige is nodding her head over there. Yeah. <laughs> agree. <laughs> so here's the article. This is about another study, another sensational article about a study. Um, looking at eight generations of fish that only reproduce using sexual coercion, so rapey fish, researchers found that females adapted to avoid aggressive male fish. Fish have pretty complex lives and aren't so different from humans when it comes to their sexual tendencies. So there they are stacking the deck. Um, (laughs) But what can their sexual habits teach us about coercion and harassment? According to one recent study, it might be quite a lot. Published in the Royal Society, the study looked at mosquito fish, which are tiny, uh, which are tiny, males measure, measure just over one inch, freshwater fish. So maybe they're compensating for that little small size. Um, Sorry. To (laughs) To examine the different ways male harassment can create behavioral and cognitive changes in different animals, the researchers chose mosquito fish because of their unusual mating habits. Uh, the evolutionary biologists at Stockholm University and authors of the study tell, tell broadly, quote, males want to mate with as many females as possible to have the most offspring. Female mosquito fish, on the other hand, want fewer matings as they also have to ensure the survival of their offspring. In other words, the male fish do not court the females and most inseminations occur as a result of forced copulations by the male fish. Now, so they're setting up this dynamic where there's a tension, which a lot of people believe exists in humans. 
although I think it's probably a lot more complicated in humans. But anyway, what they're what they're saying is that basically males have the sexual strategy of they want to spray and pray, right? They want to just spread their seed all over the... They want to have as many babies as possible. They want to father as many babies as possible, but not necessarily do anything to ensure the survival of the offspring. So they want to make babies, but they don't want to be parents, basically. And they want to have as many as possible. Females, on the other hand, they want fewer matings because they actually have to... They want to make sure that their offspring survive. And they want to, I guess spend their scarce eggs on like a special male. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of reading into that. But people say that about humans, too, that that males, you know, at least some males have the sexual strategy of, you know, just impregnate as many women as possible and do whatever it takes to be the father, outcompete the sperm. Your sperm must rise to the top. You must be the alpha. <laughs> and everyone else is a cuck. <laughs> All right. Well, I've heard... <laughs> Is the only male in the room, yeah. but not that not that that matters. Sorry, but, that's <laughs> no, I I've heard that uh, that a, a man can anywhere between like they can you know release billions of sperm every five five minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like that does sound like an evolutionary strategy of to spray and pray, yeah, to get it on as often as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is ironic because a lot of our social structures that we have today that have evolved seem to stand in contrast to that that no you don't have sex every five minutes to an hour you know what i mean as as to where like that would that would be seem to mean what you know what what that's set up to do every Uh, five minutes to an hour (laughs) i'm not saying i wouldn't mind i'm just you know (laughs) the the female half of that portion kind of like set up to receive every yeah, well, well, that's what they say, they, that the females, you know, in humans, the theory is like, well, the females have scarce eggs. They only have one egg a month, so they have to pick a really right, special guy, yeah. and they're pregnant for nine months, and they could kill them because having a baby is very dangerous. So, you know, they are very picky about who they let be the 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 match to their well, egg. Yeah, but I don't know about that, because the one theory goes is that the reason that moaning effectively evolved, okay, is because it is a a, a welcome cry. It is a mating call, like, and and it's a mating call. Hey, more, come here, right? Just yeah, like but that's because they want to get the best sperm, and they think the best will win. Oh, may, all right. So if it's meant to be like a contest, it's like, all right, all of you come over here, fight to the death. Like, if that's <laughs> if that's what it's supposed to be, okay, that's something. But like, but then also like the same reason, like why moaning sounds, you know, is similar to crying, right? Because crying is a cry for help, just like moaning is also help. You know, like more you know <laughs> right that, so that's that's you're a getting, theory just one theory you're getting in that from um chris ryan who wrote sex at dawn right Correct. so if you want like alternatives to the evo typical evo psych perspective you can read um sex at dawn it's a good book right but i'm just saying like that theory does lay out like the idea that that it's meant you know women like not meant i hate to say that but like well, that there is a reception evolution you know that's one thing that the book says but basically the whole book is meant to question the idea of this like very simplified evo psych perspective of males want to impregnate as many women as possible women want to find a um beta provider who they who who they can count on for resources for their children and but but they want the sperm from the alpha male who's sexy and dangerous and you know (laughs) and and they want the beta to like take care of their children so if you want an alternative to that read sex at dawn but anyway that's what the people say about humans they're sort of generalizing that to fish they're sort of putting it on the fish 
And and they're saying, like, the female fish want fewer matings. How do they know what the fish want? I mean, and do the fish want anything? Can fish consent to sex? Or is it really con- coercion? Like, I mean, I think anything wants to reproduce, right? If, you, if it wants anything, it wants to reproduce, right? It's as a biological instinct to reproduce. Yeah. I wonder if there's any, like, risk to the female fish in these situations. Like, are they more likely to lose their own life or, yeah, you know? Probably. That would be, like, the biggest concern that I can think of. Yeah, I think there is. Cause, because they say, like, they're also sort of defending against aggression right. that yeah. comes with these force right. matings. So, anyway, back to the article here. Um So they've set up this experiment where there's fish that mostly mate by coercive mating by the males. The females want fewer matings. The males want to mate with as many females as possible. So there's a conflict between um, the wants of the male and female fish. To learn more about the sexual conflict and cognitive tools developed by females to avoid harassment, the researchers bred two different types of male mosquito fish with females. Previous studies concluded that male mosquito fish with, this is interesting, male mosquito fish with larger genitals were better at coercing females. Because of the previous research, different male fish were artificially selected for their larger gonadopodiums, a fin that acts as a penis. (laughs) They've got a penis fin. (laughs) (laughs) while the other group had smaller ones. (laughs) After breeding the fish for eight generations, scientists then looked at how both the male and the female fish changed physically. The results were surprising. The brain size of female fish paired with the aggressive male fish with larger genitals increased, but male brain size did not. Initially, the author and her team expected that both male and female brain sizes would increase because a male fish pursuing a female fish will be cognitive demanding, cognitively demanding for both. However, because only the female fish saw an increase in brain size, the researchers suggest that avoiding sexual coercion requires more cognitive ability. Most importantly, the study concluded that this research could lay the groundwork for future studies on evolution and sexual habits. According to the study, sexual conflict driven by male coercion is an important factor in brain anatomy evolution. However, the author insists that while this may be the case with mosquito fish, it's still too early to draw conclusions about any other species, humans included. We'll have to look at other mating systems where female mate choice and male coercion coexist to understand the implications of male coercion on brain evolution. Um, So... Yeah. Anyway, um, that's basically what it says. It always buries it at the end of the article of like, oh, well, you can't generalize generalize to humans. But of course, everybody does anyway. Cover your ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's more (laughs) like a cover your ass. So basically, did you guys understand what the study was saying? It was basically saying that the females that have to deal with aggressive, rapey male fish become smarter and they develop like extra brain skills to avoid being harassed by the aggressive males. I mean, to me, it kind of sounds like a a case of just like being creative in the environment that you're given. So like you're thrown more challenges and therefore you're forced to become more creative. Yeah, that evolution. I agree with you, Paige. Actually, when I was reading this, the first thing I thought of was not like um, male sexual harassment in humans. But I was thinking of like nerds and jocks where like kids get bullied in a school environment and they're subject to constant physical violence and physical coercion. And in response, or maybe, I don't know, maybe not in response, maybe it's like multi-way causation, but they become smarter, you know, (laughs) and they try to, they maybe develop some mechanisms to outsmart the bullies who are just using like brawn and physical coercion and strength to beat them. Yeah. Where the, the the rapey fish are just using like aggression which does not require brain power right. yeah exactly exactly 
So, okay. So I have a couple things here. One is, is that the use of the word rape implies consent. And I don't think fish are that smart. Yeah. We uh, said that before. Like, can fish actually consent? Right. Like <laughs> dolphins rape, but I think they rape like, because I because think they that, can actually consent. Right. Cause they're that smart. I think they act outside of instinct. I think that, you know, they, they are a sapient species. That's my own opinion. And there's evidence behind that. It's not just pure speculation. Uh, so you kind of have that and that, but also, you know, to add on to that is that there's no, I don't, in, in humans, I think there's plenty of evidence to suggest that sex intercourse is not just an act of procreation. It is also an act of, it's a social lubricant. It is a social action. It is something you do. It's, 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 you know, obviously deeper, no pun intended than a handshake, but <laughs> it is in many ways a handshake, right? Like, I, or I, you know, that's, that's a bad word to use More for like it, but a I don't... glove, like fitting with a hand. <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. But I mean, like nobody's, nobody's really attributing like these, like using the word rape is almost is a little sensational i think uh because you know you know what worries me what would happen with this is that somebody you know we talked earlier about how conservatives would use a story like that to say well we're not supposed to be kinky mm -hmm. i'm worried some people would say rape is an evolutionary force oh and mm -hmm. and that you know i mean there's other sexual you know there's there's a lot of theories around you know why exactly is there sex there's the red queen theory which means that it's effectively an arms race against parasites uh i mean you know there's a lot of different ones out there most of most of which would disprove the notion that rape is some kind of evolutionary force but you take it just like this out of context which the internet and the world seems to love to do right now uh and and that's that's a little concerning to me you, you know well, there are some people that. who do say that that yeah. in, oh, in, yeah. in humans like through, without this story yeah. yeah through human history and i actually think it's pretty clear even nowadays that um i wouldn't say like rape is an evolutionary force because we do a lot of things in society to minimize evolutionary forces right like babies aren't dying because there's no medicine you know what i mean before they can reproduce it's like it's not like like we save people's lives who have medical problems that wouldn't survive in a state of nature you know what i mean so evolution is not really happening i guess that much right now right I, I on a genetic level um but i think you know s aggression and coercion sexual and and otherwise are big factors in how people develop and our lives like they play a role in our lives yeah absolutely now that kind of i actually i want to ask Paige this and i want to hear your thoughts too stephanie i mean like i i sort of you know i i read this article too and I, it kind of came away off like thinking that it's saying, okay, women, like this is this is the conclusion. If, if this is beyond just fish, if this is applicable all the way to Homo sapiens, mm -hmm. women are smarter <laughs> if they have to deal with aggressive males. Right. Yeah. And what do you want to ask, Paige? Do you oh, think I, I, I just Paige, wonder what, you you, what are your thoughts go? on that? Are women smarter, Paige? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo. Hey, this is turning out to be a great show already. End a segment like that. That's yeah, the best. I mean, that was pretty good. Paige, is there anything you want to promote um, about your workplace or do you just want to be on the show as a as a casual as a, guest? As a page. Yeah, I'm, a on, page. I'm on as a page. I'm okay. <laughs> All right. Turn the page. Right. Um, so anyway, okay, I'll promote my things. Um, I have a bunch of audiobooks and Paige is interested in cryptocurrency and technology, as am I. I've narrated a couple of uh, cryptocurrency books. I've got the Ultimate Bitcoin Business Guide, which you can find on Audible. I've also got the Book of Satoshi, which is all of Satoshi Nakamoto's writings read by me. So if you want to um, check those out, I've also got a book called Ending Aging. It's about like transhumanism and um, not like transgender humans, but like how humans can transcend aging. Oh, fuck. I messed that up. <laughs> 
Anyway, search for me on audible.com, Stephanie Murphy. You'll find you know, I'll, I'll tell you, if, if, if the fish story's true, mm-hmm. maybe Satoshi was a woman. Eh? Well, it is Satoshi, so... Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so, in segment three, I thought maybe we could just kind of bullshit a little bit and just talk about whatever. I don't really have a story. Usually we talk about sex in this segment, but we've been talking about sex the whole show, so, I mean, I think that's forgivable. So, um, Paige, do you want to talk about relationship questions? Do you want to talk about your relationship life? Do you want to talk about... <laughs> Job, sure. job <laughs> questions, yeah. Yeah, why not? Take yeah. it away, ladies, please. <laughs> Brian's just sitting back and crossing his arms. So I'm loving every minute. Go for it. <laughs> well, um, I guess I'll just uh, mention that I'm I'm dating like a non nerd right now, and uh-huh. it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. We talked about that a little bit before the show began. Yeah, and. So, okay, first of all, how much do you have, like, at what point do you consider yourself dating someone? And does that mean something to you, like, ver- dating, ver- the label of dating versus in a relationship? Uh, dating is casual to me, uh-huh. so. So you could see other people. Few, you two, could More than one or two dates. Okay. Like, consistently, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would not live together. You would, no. Uh-huh. No. I, I mean, like. Still very much getting to know each other okay. as well. Got it. Like, very early stages. But uh yeah, it's um you know, having having recently uh freed myself from San Francisco um <laughs> for various reasons, I find myself in a completely different community situation right now. So um, I'm actually meeting and talking to normal people. <laughs> what was weird about the people in San Francisco? What was abnormal about them? Would you say? Um, I would say that. Um, well, I I was definitely very much surrounded by like cryptocurrency techie people, mm-hmm. so they kind of have their own uh, ways. Their about own culture, them. right? Yeah, very very much their own culture. Um, was it true of like all the stereotypes that you see on TV? Like that, they're everything is like. Oh, I have this new startup to like disrupt everything and yes. like yeah okay yeah pretty <laughs> I'm just much. curious. Oh, uh, I just got my series. I just closed my Series A funding round. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's like all of the people that I. Everybody's either to. the CEO or they're like the chief visionary officer or the chief <laughs> the guru of strategic marketing. Yeah, exactly. You know? Marketing and yeah. <laughs> like maybe like a CTO in there or something. I don't know. Maybe. Uh-huh. maybe. <laughs> so so what it, what bothered you about that? Did you find it was like a lack of authenticity or that people were competing with each other or um, they were just like out of touch with the rest of the Yeah, the I just country? felt out of touch with you know, kind of where I came from, I guess. Like I, Where did you come from? Um Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Got not you know, I remember I remember dancing that song where I came from. <laughs> so bunch of nineties uh, kids here. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely high school dances. We danced to that. Um uh I I just, you know, I I came from normal, like kind of suburban town. Like on the East Coast, right? East Coast, okay. New England. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, I was interested in technology early on, but never had, like, 
tech friends, you know, they were just like your high school friends, the people you got along with or mm-hmm. like, and then when I went to art school and they were like, everyone was art students. So that's a whole different culture. Oh my God. <laughs> you must've had some wild times in college. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's many stories I could tell about that. Don't, tell me one. Tell me a weird story from art school. If you want to. Yeah. I've, um, so the first one that comes to mind, um, I mean, one of my favorite parties that I've ever been to was a dinosaur party where everyone <gasps> just dressed up like dinosaurs. Oh my God, and oh. we, so cool. And we made a like a wrestling ring in the middle of someone's living room <laughs> and it was dino wrestling. We are doing this. <laughs> okay. We are so yep. doing this. Me too. I just, <laughs> just got an idea it for my like next It was like a pretty crazy party that I remember i think i remember having to run away from cops that showed up or something but it was a really fun to wrestle. in your dino suit you were yeah. running away from the cops yeah I, what it kind was, of dinosaur were you i don't remember honestly pagesaurus rex yeah of course duh right, i think wait. i i think i put my hair up like um in like little like spiky, spiky. triceratops yeah, something like that uh-huh. right, I, I gotta ask like was and you don't have to answer was there any like furry action? Like, you know what I'm saying? Did you know furries? You know, I know furries, um, <laughs> but don't they usually like keep that quiet? Well, right. Well, I not not me personally. I don't I don't recall any okay. specific right. furry instance. I know everybody was dying. It was all just good, clean fun in dinosaur suits in the wrestling ring until the cops showed up. Just Barney yeah. and PJ and everybody walking around. Yeah. So anyway, um, so there's there's your art story. Yeah. Um. So, okay, after you got out of art school, you went to California, and then it was the Silicon Valley bubble. Yeah, Silicon Valley bubble, and just, like, I really appreciate the people out there for their intelligence and, like, their way of thinking about, like, you know, new things. Like, that's what everyone does out there, is trying to think of new concepts and new products, new services. So, but does that make them, like, sort of not new in a way, because everybody's doing the same if, like, yeah, if everybody's kind of trying to be different you're just trying in to same dig way. in and like find the one like tiny little market niche that hasn't been fulfilled yet and it's probably because it doesn't need to be filled uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was yeah. the weirdest um well you don't have to answer this but like I'm curious like what what were was like a wake-up call moment like when you were trying to date in Silicon Valley like, what was the worst experience you had that made you cringe and say, like, I got to get out of here? To be honest, like, I mean, I wouldn't say leaving San Francisco is like from dating. Like, it wasn't dating people that caused me to want to leave. <laughs> OK, sorry. Um, yes, I didn't mean to. That. <laughs> but in terms of like realizing that I wanted to like try to date normal people or like, you know try to maybe not surround myself with the tech bubble anymore or for that long of time was um, definitely related to dating some of them and realizing that they're like not as like in touch with emotions and like do they think they're super logical and that makes them better than you because they can be totally rational and not be influenced by those pesky feelings and i think it's just due to like the fact that a lot of them don't get out so they don't interact with other people that much Mm -hmm. um and maybe that's just how they grew up so that's what they turned into um did you get treated differently because you were a woman who was working in tech 
sometimes. Um, I did organize the San Francisco Bitcoin meetup, so I was kind of like, at least in the Bitcoin community out there, I was known as like, like the powerful woman in San Francisco. <laughs> like that was actually really nice. <laughs> yeah, it was like I definitely got a lot of compliments for that. Um, but like going to conferences and stuff, I definitely felt um uh just strange in some points strange in what way like you were a piece of meat like yeah. everybody was like sizing yeah. you up yeah in a lot of situations for sure mm -hmm. um but i can't say that doesn't happen in other situations too so mm -hmm. i don't know if i can place all the blame on tech mm -hmm. right what was the most awkward like socially awkward thing that you saw somebody do at like maybe one of your meetups or like at a workplace or a bit in a business context like did anyone just really put their foot in their mouth like in a really obvious way <laughs> that you can talk about <laughs> yeah um That's a hard thing like you don't world. have to name names but yeah. i just want to hear the story <laughs> well something jumps out at me as an old uh an old boss they were talking about some story in the headlines like a, a few of the people that i was working with including the old boss and and at one point like it was some like kind of weird uh dramatic story about like someone cheating on their wife or like oh no it was some dramatic story about someone like raping their wife Whoa. It was really like, I don't, it was someone famous or something like that. And my, the boss was just like, how can you rape your own wife? <laughs> oh my <laughs> and God. Everyone in the room was just Whoa. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely wow. the most awkward. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, that's like, awkward. Your mouth thing. <laughs> that's awkward. I agree. Yeah. That's putting the ass in Asperger right there. That's yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's bad. Oh my God! Isn't Asperger's now not on the autism spectrum or something? Hmm. I didn't know that. I thought they'd separated it somehow, or I'm no. not sure. I don't know. Well, I don't mean to insult anybody that with get on the mic. I don't mean to insult anybody with that. I'm you know I'm just going for a cheap shot there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, I mean, what was like? What was the best moment? Did you ever have like a like a happy? moment and plenty yeah yeah i mean i i really involving like marijuana and polyamory maybe <laughs> bonus points for that <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> or swingers um, california right it's swingers oh yeah san francisco for sure sorry i'm just saying all um, the stereotypes this is so stupid <laughs> so honestly san francisco was great for um just my own personal growth it gave me so many opportunities like mm -hmm. i started working for really awesome companies because i either met them out there or made connections out there and obviously i ended up organizing the san francisco bitcoin meetup which was a huge opportunity not only to meet like essentially every bitcoin person because everyone comes to san francisco and therefore wants to speak at the bitcoin meetup um but also just like having the like realizing that like i can like talk in front of people and like practicing my you know presentation skills and everything like that mm -hmm. i feel like i really grew um as a person out there mm -hmm. and that is a great opportunity yeah. yeah i think you i'm sure you learned a lot i learned a ton um but you know that time's up and i'm 
Moving on. Doing something different now. Now you're dating a non-nerd. So a non-nerd. <laughs> so when you described this to me, I would admit I was kind of prejudiced against him because I said that every, I think nerds are the best in bed. And I think that Ooh. bros, frat boys, fuck boys of various flavors are not the best because they just don't have to, they feel like they don't have to try. They feel entitled to sex and they can get any woman and they don't have to really please a woman because, you know, they, they shouldn't have to do that work. I, I can definitely see that perspective. Um, trying to think of like normal people I've dated to like compare. <laughs> crunch questions. crunch yeah, the numbers. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I went to art school and then like San Francisco. So that's like right there. That's like eight years or nine years of non normal people. Um, <laughs> so, um, Okay, so what attracted you to this person, this new person? Um, they were very flirtatious with me, and uh-huh. I was attracted to them physically. Uh-huh. And um, I had to go to the bank a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where they were working. <laughs> okay, so you go to the bank, yeah, and and the person starts flirting with you. Yeah, is that weird? Did you ever feel like they were gonna be like looking at your bank account? I do feel kind of weird about th- yeah well, yeah I do feel a little weird about that um like I like he's extremely nice like I am not like there's n- I don't want to talk down about this person at all he's like an extremely nice person we've had great times uh-huh. for, like the three dates that we've been on um but uh he's just like normal and it's it's just that's been, a new like, experience it's just a very new experience and. Maybe it's like less about the normal and and more about that I have just way more tech knowledge and like and like yeah so like everything that I intend to talk about he probably has no idea what I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes opposites attract, you know. Exactly. That's why I'm like. Eh, yes. <laughs> I feel always nervous when somebody flirts with me who works at a bank because I'm like, oh my God, they're going to look at my balance and judge me. And they're going to like, look, Google me and judge me. And maybe they'll even Google me and find like Bitcoin and judge me some more. (laughs) But I hope that doesn't happen. I wish you good luck with your relationship. Thank you, Stephanie. (laughs) And there's more coming up. We're on the after show now. It's Sex and Science Hour. Stay tuned. We'll be back. You've just heard Sex and Science Hour. Game over. Play again next week. your soul that was very brave of you to talk about all that stuff answer all my questions i'm not ashamed that's good no shame no shame (laughs) brian and i have no fear no fear that's right no shame i'm gonna be just to put that out there i'm gonna be on his show this week so i'm not sure what who is he that being ernie the one and only 
The only other stallion I could call out in the podcast oh, world, okay, oh. besides me, the golden Ernie, stallion. if you're hearing this, this is the ultimate compliment. Ernie Hancock, and he knows it. Yeah. I mean, we're on each other's hot dial. There's no doubt about it. So anyway, all right. What does that mean? <laughs> it's like Am speed I, dial, but in New York. Are you on my hot dial? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me put it this way. I wear a calculator watch. There's only so many people's phone numbers I have in this calculator watch. Oh, because it only okay. has like... Two of them are in this room. Two kilobytes of memory. Oh, no. Well, I can hold like 100 numbers on this. It's oh, actually okay. pretty nice gotcha. so for, for, an old, uh, for an old watch. But <laughs> Ernie is also one of those guys that I, I keep ready because I'm like, God damn it, if something's happening, Ernie's going <laughs> to... Ernie's got to know. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay. So the after show is the time of our of our week where we talk about the items that were purchased through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. What is stuff.sexandsciencehour.com? Well, it's the way we fund and support our show. And it's also a fun way where we create the content of our after show by looking at what people bought. Now, we can't see who bought it. We can just see what got purchased through our Amazon affiliate link. And uh, then we talk about it and speculate about why people bought it and talk about maybe if we've used that product or whatever. And it, I mean, it's surprisingly fun for what it is, you know? Yeah, I mean, I had no idea what people did with Hitachi magic wands. I was like, oh, really? That's <laughs> what that's for? <laughs> Brian, the knowledge is power. The more you know. <laughs> Paige, have you ever used a Hitachi magic Whoa. wand? <laughs> you don't have to answer that. <laughs> Are you now or have you ever been an no, anarchist? I, <laughs> I have not. <laughs> yeah. I've I've tried it once. I it's not in my repertoire. I've just I've sampled it at another <laughs> at a friend's. Um <laughs> And I just want to say, Paige, you get to ask her questions, too, if you want. <laughs> you do. You can. You can totally turn the tables on me. <laughs> if they come to me, I will. <laughs> I know I'm embarrassing you, poor Paige. <laughs> I'm totally fine. I'm actually like, I think I'm quicker on my feet when I answer questions. Yeah, right on. like thinking of, because you, you have all this experience interviewing people, so <laughs> I do not have that experience. <laughs> I also, to be fair, I did give you some like sleepy time tea right yeah, before Yeah, I'm definitely feeling that. Like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> all right. Well, after this, we'll just have a nice relaxation and we'll, you know, it, it's going to be a good night. It's already a good night. So anyway, so what did people buy through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com this week? Well, the first item we have is the Hello Auto folding car remote keyless flip shell case for um, Honda Fit Odyssey Civic and CRV Ridgeline Pilot Insight panic buttons. I the names of these things always boggle me because I think they're trying to optimize for SEO. But Paige, yeah. you, look, you look like you're going to say something. Those are just the keys that are unprogrammed, I assume, and uncut. That's what it looks like. Yeah, or maybe not even the key part, just the fob. Mm -hmm. right, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it looks like it has a button that has like a lock and an unlock and a panic button. And then you can just program. So it's like a keyless entry thing, right? For your car. So for Hondas. Yeah. I, I want to say like, I don't think we could guess what this. I think we could kind of guess what this is for. For okay? getting into like, your car. <laughs> like perhaps. Well, here's the thing is I'm going to let this little cat out of the bag. Oh. Okay. And that is that Sex and Science Hour has much like Fight Club corporate sponsorship. Oh, and uh, <laughs> yes. I'm just going to say it that way. I'm not going to say much more. Uh, I, this, 
I'm just going to put that out there. Okay, you think this is a company car? <laughs> I I'm I am not saying that. You think I know this that 100. Company dime. This might be something that a company might use. Okay, this might be something that a company and, might and, use. And, and that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to go any further, and I don't think anyone else should. Uh, okay, all right. But I mean, thank I, you. Let me just get out of thank you. No, I feel like I could use this because I have a Toyota Rav4, and um, I have a keyless key fob thing. And long ago, I mean, it became useless. Because I used to use it to unlock and lock my car from far away. And it was kind of like, oh, neat. You know, like, like I, sorry, I'm having and, trouble. And this is, why, this is why <laughs> cars still... Like a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, this is why cars still have keys. Because yeah. everything else fails. <laughs> now, a f- hilarious story. A co- like, a couple of years ago, there was a Bitcoin conference that Paige and Brian and I all went to. And after like that day's events at the conference, we were all like, oh my gosh, we're so excited to see each other. Let's go out for dinner. Except we didn't have a car. We had just gotten there by Uber. Oh, Nobody had a car. And we had we had invited this other guy to go out with us for now dinner. Now it's my turn to get embarrassed. But <laughs> it's all of our turn. Um, <laughs> but all, like we, none of us had a car. We had invited this other guy out for, for dinner with us. But, and he wasn't able to go because he was hosting a poker tournament. But he had a rental car. And he said, well, why don't you take my car? And we said, oh, that's so nice of you. Like, yeah, we'd love to. So we took his car while he was doing his poker tournament. We took his car. He had valet parked the car. So we, you know, we went out and they drove it up for us. So we didn't have to like turn the car on. It turned out it was a very new model. And it was one of those cars where you push a button to start it and stop it. And this was in about 2014. So those kinds of cars were new. I had personally never driven one before. So we the cars all turned on for us. We all pile in. We go to the restaurant, which was called A Taste of Punjab, which Paige loved. So tasty. <laughs> the best oh, Punjab, Punjab you ever had. <laughs> it was probably, I don't know if it was the best Punjab I ever had, but it was up there. <laughs> so. For more. Uh, Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. Yeah. Orlando That's where it was. Orlando's a pretty good poon job. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, it was an Indian restaurant. So we went there, had dinner. And, um, oh, no, but before that, we get to the restaurant. We navigate there. We're in a strange city driving around. We get to the restaurant. We're like, yay, we found it. We park. And then we're sitting there. And there's four people in the car. All of them work in the tech field. And none of us can turn figure out how to turn off the car. Because it's one of these new cars. We're like, how do you turn this thing off? I don't know. Let's Google it. We're sitting there in the car Googling how to turn it off. This is why cars should still have keys. Yes, this is why cars should still have keys. I just want to say, because yes, I was the driver. I was the man or the person that that, that maybe should have figured it out. And I run a tech show, as, as, as listeners know. <laughs> and I like I felt like such a goof, you know. But at the same time, I'm like, if this is so unintuitive, like, wow, no wonder the car companies are fucking tanking, you know, because <laughs> like, I mean, it was just, especially at that time. It was yeah. So bad. If you had to get away from like an urgent situation or I mean, if you're driving a getaway car or something like it would definitely cause a serious delay. Well, I'd be driving a 73 LTD if I was uh, doing a getaway. There you but, go. Yeah. Right on. So from the books department, we had um, Gridler's Logic Puzzlers, black and white. Um 
Logic puzzles known as pick cross or nonograms are puzzle logic puzzle sorry are picture logic puzzles in which cells in a grid have to be colored or left blank according to numbers given at the side of the grid to reveal a hidden picture. Some pick people compare Griddlers to Sudoku. However, Griddlers puzzles always reveal a nice image as a result. And it shows like, you know, a grid with like a, a cool like black and white dragon drawn on it. So like I guess you solve the puzzle and it shows you like a cool like a dragon or something. That's cool. That nice. sounds fun. It sounds like something I would do when I was a kid and I didn't have the internet. Is there like math involved with this, like Sudoku? It or sounds it, like okay. it. Okay. Yeah. So you have to solve a math problem and then you color it. And then you get a dragon. Oh, so it's like an extra step. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I always like to do get dragons when I like when I solve a math problem. Like four plus four equals Who does not? dragon. Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got a kids book from the Star Wars series. It's a Ooh. little golden book. It's called I Am a Princess, Star Wars. Read all about brave Princess Leia, hero of the Rebel Alliance, as she joins forces with Luke Skywalker and Han Solo to battle Darth Vader. Brian, hey, is this are, a dumbed-down version of Star Wars that you hate? Probably, but I mean, hey, whatever. You know, get kids into Star Wars. I mean, they could be into worse things. Give me your children and get them into Star Wars. Paige has actually been them. called Princess Leia in the past. Some oh, people really? have, have, have attributed her to being that character. I don't know if she remembers, but anyway. I do remember. I remember who said it, too. Who said it? Uh, his name begins with an N. Last name begins with an F. Oh, this is going to be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't want to out him. Yeah. Or you, it. You'll remind me later. Because I do you. remember this. Yeah. And it has to do with Porkfest, I think. Yes, you're right. Okay. <laughs> so tying those last two books together, our next book is called Sci-Fi Nonograms. And it looks like a grid with like Darth Vader drawn in it, but like really pixelated. Can you guys see this? It's like it's like a Darth Vader head, but it's drawn in black and white and it's really pixelated. Oh, okay. So this is like the same thing. You have to solve a math problem and then you get a picture, but it ends up being like either Star Wars or like Predator or Futurama, like characters from those those series. It's kind of cool. Sounds pretty yeah, nice. I like it. Yeah. I hope Predator's not meant for a kid. If that or those are that's not for kids. I, I don't know who it's for. Um, another kid's Star Wars book, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, Ray's story. This oh, now this is good. It's, 2016, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th this is, I've read this. This is very good. Oh, some, some Some of the kids stuff that they've put out for Star Wars is considered canon, mm -hmm. you know, because Star Wars is effectively the Catholic Church now, and I, I'm a proud priest. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I like that That was good. Ray's story is good. Um, Star Wars The Force Awakens. This is also a kid's book from 2016 from the Little Golden Books. And Golden Books are like a super popular kids book publisher. Forever. Yeah, forever. Decades since we were kids. Um, so this is The Force Awakens retold in the iconic little golden book format. Cool. 345 on hardcover. That's good. And then finally, Henry Miller's The Tropic of Cancer. Do you guys know that book? It's a it's a famous one. Yeah, that I don't I don't recall, but um, I have not read it, but I have heard the name. Shocking Band and the Subject of Obscenity Trials. Henry Miller's first novel, Tropic of Cancer, is one of the most scandalous and influential books of the 20th century, new to Penguin Modern Classics, with a cover, blah, blah, blah. Set in the 1930s in Paris, it features a starving American writer who lives a bohemian lifestyle among prostitutes, pimps, and artists. Banned in the U.S. and the U.K. for more than 30 years because it was considered pornographic! 
Well, I'm Tro- reading it now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You didn't, weren't interested in before, <laughs> but now you are. Tropic of Cancer continued to be distributed in France and smuggled into other countries. When it was first published in the U.S. in 1961, it led to more than 60 obscenity trials until a historic ruling by the Supreme Court defined it as a work of literature. Long hailed as a truly liberating book, daring and uncompromising, Tropic of Cancer is a cornerstone of modern literature that asks us to reconsider everything we know about art, freedom, and morality. Good thing we had the court to tell us that it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. This sounds like a good book for art school, Paige. It sounds like almost like your lifestyle of the, that I'm imagining that you lived in art school. <laughs> Surrounded by pimps, prostitutes, yes. banned by the yes. Supreme Court. Oh, yes. That's <laughs> that, awesome. That had to smuggle you in, in from mind. France. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, what else do we have? So now we're into the cell phones department and accessories. We have the uh, a car mount, um, like just a magnetic strip, you know, that you can put in your car that holds up your phone um, for the iPhone 7. And that was like a 1099 price point. So, hey, pretty cool. Um, in the computer department, we had a very interesting... We Somebody bought... Um, like a major thing. Oh shit! And I just closed the tab that I hold on. I'm gonna. All right. Pause. So I'm gonna ask a question. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You yeah, ask or the question. You, you keep going. And, and all right. So so there's a lot of Star Wars products uh-huh. listed here now. Yes. So Paige, I'm curious. What do you think about Star Wars? Like in in general, you know, oh. big fan, little fan, not fan. Um, to be honest, um, I think maybe. I mean. I I never really watched. I watched the like remakes when they were released in theaters, like in oh, the nineties, yeah, yeah, with my dad. Like that was like the first time I saw them. We like saw a bunch of them, and they were cool, I guess. But honestly, I grew up on Star Trek, so Ooh. like it's just like if you're comparing it, I don't know if there's a comparison, but um, I'm just I'm not. Maybe I'm just not big into like movies in general i don't know i like page like series things i am completely with you i way prefer prefer star trek it's way more like scientifically consistent or just has like a coherent story whereas yeah. star wars just doesn't yeah it's just like action-packed and i don't know yeah all right right on i love that i love that answer so <laughs> awesome okay so i've pulled up um our our product page again thank you for covering for me there um and somebody actually got three, not one, but three Asus gaming monitors. Ooh. Yep. This is a, um, what size is this? 28 inch monitors. Holy and they bought hell. three of them. What's, How cool is that? What's the aspect ratio? The aspect ratio is 3840 by 2160. Okay. So they're 4K. Yeah. Yeah. 4K. Damn. UHD. Wow. Yep. These Thank are you. very nice monitors. Thank yeah. you very much. I tell you, gamers classiest fucking people on the planet they oh, spare no expense yeah every single time yep. just wonderful people definitely this was a four it's listed as a 489 dollar price point but i think they actually paid a little bit less for it because they must have gotten it on like a black friday deal triple black oh, friday nice. triple yeah. black friday yet yeah, there was a they paid 349 so they saved like a bunch of money did you get um, more purchases this week because of black friday by any chance? it looks like we may have yeah, yeah it looks like um there was actually uh, a little bit of an uptick. Um, so we have like a full slate of stuff today. Awesome. <laughs> Yay. I wonder if this person is like planning on mo- using all the screens together or if they're like for different rooms. Or I don't know. Like 
Yeah, I mean, what maybe it, it was like, our. What would you do, Brian? Oh, I'd absolutely have three, like in a, in like a like a half circle. Yeah, like I, I I'd be surrounded by the game. You know that that's how you live it. Yeah. It looks like they got the um the Square Trade protection plan on it too. So it's like you know monitor insurance. Maybe they're going to be going through heavy use of the monitors. I told you they spare no expense. <laughs> right on. So we also had um a sixty four gigabyte um micro SD card which is always good to have. And, you know, you can get a 64 gigabyte SD card for 20 bucks. Remember when a hard drive was like 64 gigabytes? Oh, I, I, remember, I remember reading in PC or World, less. <laughs> the editor for PC World, or no, it was for PC Magazine, said, we will never need more than 80 gig hard drive. We will oh never, th- this, this was like in 2001. <laughs> it was insane. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I, my first hard drive that I like consciously installed was 256 meg. Wow. Hard drive, big hard drive. Wow. So, Brian, you'll like this. In the DVD department, we had Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders on Blu-ray. I reviewed this on Sovereign Tech. Oh, so maybe that's why they bought it. This movie is amazing. Like, I mean, it is beyond (laughs) amazing. What did you like about it? Well, first off, my favorite Batman is the Adam West Batman. It's the 60s Batman Uh because I think it's so sexy. Like, I mean, Batman, other, I mean, Batman's cool when he's dark and all that. I, I get that. I appreciate that, too. But it's so colorful and just it's so hot. You know, when you, when you watch the 60s Batman and they brought back, they got Julie Newmar doing Catwoman in this. They brought back, um, uh, you know, Adam West and Burt Ward to do, to do all the voices. I mean, and, and this was so cool because Batman got to, got to give like some of his classic lines in this that Adam West never really got to give. Like, uh, you know, you're confused, son. This isn't, uh, this isn't a space station. This is an operating table and I'm the surgeon. I mean, like there's just some like awesome, <laughs> you know, little lines in it that it was, just, it was tons of fun. And you finally, spoiler alert, folks, you get the bat rocket. The oh bat man. Rocket, Batman never had a spaceship. the Batmobile. Fuck huh? Yeah. And then, then of course, you know, he gets it on with Catwoman too. So. Oh, right well, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great sound Love effect. It. Somebody got an Amazon Echo, uh, second generation, and of course they got in Brian's favorite color, triple black. <laughs> it's the only way to be. So the what is the Amazon Echo? It is a hands-free voice-controlled device that uses Alexa to play music, control smart home devices, provide information, read the news, set alarms, and more. It's a spy device. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, and <laughs> I think they though, largely Brian. all come in black, or maybe they have different colors. No, they had different colors. Oh. You could get blue or black okay. or, yeah. Yeah, so it's just a plugged-in series of seven microphones, always listening. You know, even if you look on Wireshark, it might not look like they're always listening, but... (laughs) But they are. I was at my cousin's house, like, probably a year and a half ago or so, and Mm -hmm. he had one in his house. It was really creepy. What did you think? Were you like, oh my God, I can't say anything because it's listening Pretty much. Like, I was only staying for the night, so it wasn't, like, a big deal, but, yeah... I didn't say much <laughs> while I was there. It was it was very strange feeling like listening to him talk into it and like hearing responses or like it controlling certain things. Yeah. I know I even get creeped out when somebody says, Okay, Google, and then it's like beep beep, you know, like it comes on, comes to life. There's an awesome video out there, just it just got released on YouTube like in the past week, where it's a Google Home and an Amazon Echo and they're constantly saying each other's names. Because the guy set up a calendar event for the ter- for it to go off, and so oh my god, and they're just talking. Back they're just talking time. to each other in infinity, <laughs> and I was like, "This is the future. This is this is you know, humanity will be gone, and it's just going to be a bunch of Google Homes and Amazon Echoes just talking to each other about bullshit forever. Oh you know, setting god. setting calendar events for each other. Wow, <laughs> that's interesting. It was funny. So we had not one but two Amazon Fire TV sticks purchased. Yeah. 
um, with Alexa voice remote streaming media player. And um, guess what? Our the, the coolest thing about this, we've talked about the Fire TV sticks before, so we won't do that again. But the coolest thing about this one was, you know what our commission was on those two? 420. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had a, a case for the Amazon Fire HD. So that was in like the accessories department. And you know what? The case is almost as much as the thing itself. As the stick itself, the stick was like thirty bucks. The case was like twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Amazon is definitely you know going on the, the lower rung there. Yep, yeah, definitely. And it looks like maybe that sixty-four gigabyte um, SD card may have been for the Fire tablets because we got one that was specifically for listed as being for Fire tablets and the Fire TV. That's SD. interesting. I didn't even know they took SD cards. I. I guess, I guess they so. do, because, okay. yeah, that's what it says. Um, we also had a uh, screen protector kit for the Fire HD. And um, we had, sorry, something that my computer's choking on. Oh, yeah, a, a Amazon Fire HD 8 case. Nice. Black, of course. Triple black. Whoa. And um, in the kitchen department... We had a mortar and pestle. So this is the thing that people grind yeah, up herbs with. I love those. Those are so <laughs> handy. Every kitchen should have one of those. Highly Ooh. recommended. Do you have one? Do you use it for yeah. What do you use it to um, grind up? You know, I just, I use it to like grind up spices. So if I have like rosemary in a, like a jar, but like I want it, you know, finer or something like that, mm-hmm. or like dried herbs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also like crush even like, I don't know, last week I made, or earlier this week I made uh, meatballs and I didn't have any breadcrumbs, so I crushed up crackers with it. <laughs> That's a good it's idea. It's just useful for crushing things up. Right on. I think I would use it for my kombucha to crush up like blueberries and ginger and mm. stuff like that. You can make a paste Definitely. out of things too, like garlic yep. and ginger with those. Yep. With those. So yeah, mortar and, mortar and pestle. It was only um, $8 and it's porcelain. So there you go. Kitchen department on Amazon. I like that. Um, sorry, my computer's choking again. I need to get a new computer, I think, for the new year. Brian wants me to get a NUC. And now explain a NUC. Why, do you, why are you excited about that, Brian? So the in- Intel makes computers called NUCs, and they are very small computers. They're fanless. They're very quiet, but they're also decently powerful. I mean, when I say they're small computers, like they're, some of them are smaller than your smartphone. Um, wow, that's so and, cool. But they're very, you have to, the thing is, is they cost around anywhere between three to $500. You have to put in your own RAM and your own, uh, you know, little M2 uh, uh, hard drive. Mm-hmm. So, but they come with everything else. And if you, they even have like gaming models, like the Skull Canyon mm. uh, that I've, I've wanted for some time. That sounds good. Yeah, but they're super quiet and decently powerful. They're, they're great, great little machines. And it's just Intel, like trying to do a proof of concept of like what the next computer is supposed to look like. Cool. Is it, does it stand for something? Like, I know I asked you this before. Yeah, it's, it's next. And I forget what the U U stands for, but then it is computer. But yeah, it's, it's something like that. It's just N-U-C. Next unctuous computer. No, (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of anything that starts with a U that they would put in there. But anyway, um, so somebody also in the kitchen uh, section got the OXO Good Grips Chopper, which is one of these things where it's like you put it, like say you have like a tomato or like a pepper or something, you have some vegetable, you put it on a chopping board, you put this thing over it and it has these blades where you press a button on the top and it goes and it just chops it up like that for you and you don't have to do anything else. Awesome. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did I, I explain do. that? I think okay. I, I mean, 
Well, with the hand motions, I think it would be easier. I mean, we were just entranced by like, the You've probably seen, like, infomercials about them. Yeah, so exactly. I was trying to convey that. You know, sometimes you can make a well-placed sound effect and it lets people know on the radio, like, a visual thing. But I'm not sure if that came across. Anyway, it's like a fast chopper. So it has, like, a couple of blades. It chops up the tomato right quick for you. And it looks really good. I would like to try one, but I don't have one. Uh, somebody got a vegetable peeler, like a cucumber peeler or like a potato peeler that has one of those things where you just, you know, skin it. See, that was a well-placed sound effect, right? That when you're perfect. peeling yeah. a carrot, cucumber, to yeah. potato. I closed my eyes. I was in another world. <laughs> For that peeling one carrots. second. <laughs> yeah, peeling carrots in VR. <laughs> ASMR all the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, Paige likes ASMR. Oh, man. <laughs> Break out the scissors. <laughs> you know, Paige, I was trying to figure out for the longest time, like, how I was going to make you an ASMR recording. Yeah. And I... I decided that, like, most of the ones I've heard are stereo recordings. Yeah. And I re mostly record my stuff in mono. Yeah. So now that I have two microphones, we could actually do this and make it interesting. It, that would be amazing. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we could figure out how to do that this weekend. Totally. We could, like, give each other haircuts and have, like, the like, uh, I don't think I want my hair cut. No. I don't think I want you to cut your hair either. No, I don't want to cut it. But, like, that's one of the sounds that they use yeah. in ASMR, right? Do you yeah. like that sound? What are your favorite like ASMR? Um, you like blocks smacking together. Other, right? I like wooden blocks. Yeah. Oh. Uh oh. Oh yeah. That's good. <laughs> Maybe a little slower though. Like it has. Yeah. It's like it's gotta be like gentle. Man. That sounds really good. That's one of those wooden frogs where you drag a little thing over its back and it makes a little like you know well. It's very yeah. It's a very calming sound to me. Yeah, I think. What I could do is like record that and then slow it down digitally so that it sounds even more chill. So we'll we'll do a little bit of ASMR this weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this will be like ASMR camp. Um, in the in the um, what department is this? The sports department. We have a bike tail light that is USB rechargeable, and it it's actually of like a kind of a reddish orange light, so people can see you on your bike. But it's a it's a USB one. Yeah, I have one of those. Oh, They're really? Very, very handy. Cool. Like, you don't have to worry about batteries. I mean, obviously, you have to think about it running out of batteries, mm -hmm. as you do with any light, but... Could it act as a battery itself to charge your phone, or is it? does it only go the other way? It gets... It becomes charged, so it just has, like, a micro-USB cable that attaches to it. Got so, it. Yeah. All right. And it, also in the sports department, and the... Well, this is tools, actually. Um, the Gerber EAB pocket knife. This looks like an X-Acto knife. It's made out of high carbon K5 and it's like a contractor grade utility knife and it just like folds in half and then you can open boxes with it and it actually doubles as a pocket or a money clip. Sounds pretty cool. I used to carry a knife in my pocket every day. I have a nice knife that my ex-boyfriend gave me and um, it's it's a great knife, but I don't really leave the house now, so I don't carry it. <laughs> now you use the pen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Now I have I have a nice pen, too. The pen knife. Yeah, tech and well, a tactical, tactical pen. pen, not pen knife, but tactical. Pen. I do have a pen knife too. Oh, but I also have a tactical pen. I mean, knives are useful to have, not yeah. in any violent way. No, it's no, just right. like to open boxes, to open th to slice things, you know, cut up food or whatever. Yeah, there's I have like, a Swiss Army knife. Absolutely, there's always things you need it for. It's useful. MacGyver, yeah. Um, and finally, so we're going to end off with the toys and games department. We got another Star Wars thing. We must have a big Star Wars fan that's listening to our show. 
Star Wars Blaster Strike game. Brian, can you see this? It's like a little, it looks like a toy kind of like machine gun or something. Uh-huh. And it's a blaster. It's like an orange blaster. Fight your way to victory and defeat the Empire. Battle through nine epic stages in the Star Wars galaxy. Plugs directly into your TV for easy setup. So this must be like it goes with a video game. Yeah, it, it that's does, cool. It does go with a video game because that's what's on the box. It actually reminds me a little bit of Duck Hunt. Do you guys remember Duck Hunt? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> One of the classic NES games where you had those guns that you had to plug into the controller and then you you would have to like, you know, shoot. You could shoot like those flying pucks like the skeet, right? And you could also shoot the ducks as they were going by. <laughs> that Loads was of fun. Cool. And then finally, the last thing is the Star Wars The Black Series, Brian, Six Inch Ray Jakku and BB-8. Nice character of Ray and little BB-8 droid. That's uh, that's pretty slick. Yeah, I like the Black Series. Yeah. Okay. What's the what is the Black Series? Uh, it's just a higher end toy. Um, oh, okay, I, I cool. have some of them. I have like I I I, you know, I never really get figures anymore. There was a time when I collected figures. I well, was you have the Funko Pop figures. Right, I do do the Funko Pops, but I also buy the little ships, and some of those are part of the Black Series, and they're always very nicely detailed. I I really enjoy it. Yeah, this one looks pretty high-end and detailed. Go see Rogue One. Go see Rogue One, baby. (laughs) I'm going to be dragged to see it, whether I like it or not, kicking and screaming. (laughs) Paige can come if she wants. Yes, Paige, you're invited. And you're invited to join us next week again on Sex and Science Hour. Sexandsciencehour.com. Tell a friend, tell two friends. And remember to do your holiday shopping at stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Paige, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I've had a lot of fun. Woohoo! Woohoo! We'll see you next week. Woo!